are you? I'm doing pretty good. How are you doing? I'm exhausted, but I'm doing okay. I can. I'm sorry. Can you say that again? A little closer to the microphone. I'm exhausted, but I'm doing okay. <laughs> it's good. Good. I'm glad. Wasn't that a, actually a pretty decent twist? Bruce Willis was dead. That was a very good twist. Yeah. 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 I agree. I actually just heard a debate between on YouTube between a um strong knowledgeable uh christian and two gentile god fears who were defending judaism oh okay and the christian actually used in response to the question of what makes christians think that they who aren't Jewish, don't have the cultural heritage, all of this, have a better and more accurate interpretation of the Old Testament and what certain passages mean mm. than the Jews. Okay. And so um, the Christian did a really, really good response, and he actually used that movie, uh, oh. The Sixth Sense, and he explained what the first time you watched the movie you get all the way through the end and you're like, whoa. And then when you go back and rewatch it, you see all of the hints and all of the little mm. nuances that you missed the first time around. Mm. Like when mm. Bruce Willis's wife is cold and distant from him, it's not that it, you realize it's not that she's cold and distant. She can't see him because he's dead. Right. So all of those little moments that you, that um, how the, he was explaining how, um, the Christian perspective in the New Testament sheds light on the old it, and illuminates mm -hmm. the old. Um, it doesn't change the interpretation. It it deepens it. Right. right. Oh, I couldn't oh, agree I more. As a matter of fact, today we um, we did our Bible reading. And, and so we, that was part of the the uh, Tanakh Parsha, which was uh, Leviticus 17, 18 and 19. Oh, excuse me, uh, 16, 17 and 18. And then um, I ended up doing the rest of it into Ezekiel and even into the Brit HaKodesh, the, the New Testament. And um, the uh, Romans, it was in Romans 3, 9, and 10, into 10. And then it was also 1 Corinthians 5 into 2 Corinthians. What was that? Uh, we read a lot. <laughs> Um, actually, I did all the reading, so it was closer to about 40 minutes of straight reading for me. Um, oh, and then, of course, uh, Hebrews, uh, which was, let's see, that was 8 through 10. And um, I really enjoy reading it that way because it really brings it all together, especially with the reading that we have that starts in Leviticus and ends in Hebrews 10 and even makes even more of a punch of what it means to be together to spur one another on and to not forsake gathering together. Absolutely. And I think, yeah, it offers a much more fuller, clearer picture of what God has in mind and the purpose of Jesus. And my wife even looked at me afterwards and says, I like how the scripture reading focused more on trusting and being faithful 
than it was just simply believing. Yeah. She says that makes so much more sense from a biblical standpoint. So much more sense because you have a lot more action involved with being trust with trusting somebody and then also being faithful to somebody. And which is actually the definition of believing. But right. we dumb down believing just, to giving mental assent to the idea of exactly like I believe exactly. in gravity. Yes. I don't yes. I don't necessarily I mean I technically I do trust gravity in a lot of different ways, but, but right. I don't depend on gravity. I don't have a relationship with gravity. No. Well, we have some kind of relationship, that... but it's not that right. it's not personal, right? <laughs> right. Well, if we have any physicists listening to us, we're gonna get some emails, but <laughs> that's true. Oh, that's so true. That is too true. So but but that anyways. also sounds like a halfway decent segue to where we want to go today. I agree. Yeah, let's let's do this. Why don't you st- why don't you uh bring in that segue? I just had a mental picture of Paul Blart. Paul Blart? Mall Why do I know that name? Oh, Malk. Bring in the segue. <laughs> <laughs> I never saw that movie. I never saw that movie, but I've heard oh, some funny things it. from it, but I've never seen it. Um, oh, it's so funny. It's kind of like, uh, uh, oh, what is it? Um, Ace Ventura. It's or even Dumb and Dumber, or one of those types of movies. Yes. It's easy to um, recite and remember some of the more funnier parts, but when you actually watch it, you go, you know what? I, yes, I thought this whole thing was funny. It can be somewhat painful to actually sit through. Right. Yep, that's exactly. that's my personal opinion of uh, Monty Python as well. Uh, Extremely yeah. quotable. But yeah. difficult yeah. To, yeah. to just sit there. And that's that's kind of, I guess you created the segue because that's kind of the way it can sometimes feel uh, on a Sunday morning. <laughs> Hard to sit through, but in the end, you know, you got something out of it. Right, right. Quotable, right. but maybe not life-changing. And it's not to, not to diminish it by any means, but you know, the quintessential kind of guy that will either they'll go with his wife or, and he'll fall asleep sitting next to her and she'll have the moments of elbowing him and he'll pop up going, amen, amen. <laughs> or, or, or the, the little earbuds in his ears and he's listening to the, uh, the, 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 the ball game. And then at the end of the service, the pastor walks up and says, so who, who won, who won, or where's the game at right now? Oh man. I actually had a personal experience at a, a church I was on staff with, and it was it was kind of a sad, um, eye-opening moment for me when that exact thing happened, mm. and just having the realization that um, the the pastor gave the message, and it was a fine message, and then afterward mm-hmm. he made a beeline to somebody on the worship team and. Asked, where's the game at? What did I miss? Stuff like it was like. What What was your focus on this entire time? Yeah, it might have been legit. Wow. I don't know, but it it really yeah. made me wonder. Yeah, but, and you know that makes me wonder too because even during our, our Bible reading today, um, we were sitting out on the front porch for a lot of it, and the kids kept getting distracted, and 
the living in a gorgeous I, place like you do, I can't imagine why. <laughs> I know, right? It's 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 actually been a beautiful day today. No clouds in the sky. It's mm. a balmy uh, six seventy two degrees oh, with a slight perfect. breeze, and it's so it's a perfect day. And so I can understand that part. And so my attitude was, well, let's let them get it out of themselves. Let's let them be able to go do what they're wanting to do. They get the distractions out, and then we can come focus on this, right? Sure. Um, and then at the same time, I also realized sometimes it's it's necessary to be able to set those distractions aside. Also true. To make what God is going to show us through Scripture important, right? If you know, my I, I've, I've actually recently had the discussion with my son is that if the Israelites are called the people of the word, then how important is the word to be even to us Gentiles as we, and God fears as we believe the word. Right. right. And Absolutely. so um, that's why I sometimes run into the issue. I, okay. I went as far this past week as to last week. It was last week. I got a text from my daughter's coach, soccer coach. And he said, okay, the game is going to be at 9 a.m. on a Saturday morning. And I actually responded very kind of jokingly. And I even said this, okay, this is kind of a joke. But uh, does the, 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 the soccer scheduler know that this is parents and that it's a Saturday morning and that we have to get up instead of sleeping in? They laughed. They thought it was funny too. And they go, right. Isn't that the case? And um, I remember that same thing being said so many times about a church service on a Sunday morning. Oh man, I've got to drag myself out at Oh dark 30 when for some, yeah, sure. That could be early. Uh, let's see the earliest, earliest I ever went to a church service. I had to get up at six 30. I had to get up, get up at 6 30 but what time did the service start i mean you're you're the son of the preacher so oh yeah right um let's see uh the service started at nine o'clock we had okay. to get there um by uh let's see so 6 30 there were five of us me and me being the oldest so that's seven people you're trying to get ready to around 6 30 sometimes it's, it's either sometimes it, we they allowed for that extra 30 minutes so we could get into seven Oh, the luxury of seven. And then um, we'd all get, it'd take about an hour to get seven people ready and out the door, right? And then um, we'd get there at around 8, 8.15-ish, 8, 8, 8.20-ish. We'd, uh, we'd go through a sound check. We'd run through all the worship songs. And then by the time service started, we it, it'll, let's see, the service started at 10 o'clock. Mm. And um, yeah. It was it was a lot of work beforehand to, to to get everything ready, and sometimes we moved practice to Saturday morning so that way we could have a little extra time on Sunday morning. But usually it's like okay, let's just all cram this into one day, and it was just so exhausting, <laughs> right? Yeah, that can. What was the earliest you ever ever had to get up for a service? Well, I got up early as a kid. To go to uh, ROP class, like zero hour high school, and we always had animals to feed and stuff. But I didn't R grow up. Sorry, going I'm going to interrupt. ROP. Um. Uh, what, 
what does the R stand for? It's occupational program. Uh, I don't remember what the R stands for. Rural? No. <laughs> no, not rural. Rural. Um, but it rural. was like the, uh, I, I had ROP CAD drafting, but then there okay. were like, um, like Jay Rotsy was considered a, an ROP. Um, mm. Some of the mm -hmm. automotive level classes were rop more okay. more like um like trade school typey things where are sure, technical skills of sorts yeah yeah okay okay I'll so you even have when i remember what the r actually stands for <laughs> but you would do that on a sunday morning no but no that oh, was every oh, day during the week so i was just used to okay. getting up early anyway and then okay. we didn't we didn't go to church or anything growing up so it wasn't mm -hmm. So getting up early for a service, I'm we're we're apples and uh, lollipops here. Well, you know what? I've actually been kind of curious about this because I, I, all I knew growing up was going to church on a Sunday morning. And yes, mm. I will admit, I will admit this out loud. There were times where I faked being sick just so that I could stay home and just relax. Well, sure. Because I just I don't know any kid that grew up in the church that didn't do that. <laughs> Probably right. But I mean, what was it like? What would you do then on a Sunday morning? What was Sunday to you? Because for me, it was always go to church, come home, rest a little bit. But it was always you were always thinking about church on a Sunday. So what were what was it for you? For us, it was. Um, I mean, the day started just like any other day. Get up early, go feed the horses and the sheep, and and if. We had cattle on and off, so go feed the dogs, mm -hmm. the cattle, wh whoever. Go take care of whatever animals were outside that needed attending to, mm -hmm. and then mm -hmm. then you get to come in and eat. Okay. And then you start your day, whether that was uh, like when we were real young and we were homeschooled for for the early years, or mm -hmm. during the week we would get up and obviously get ready for school, or on the weekend we would just then be free to go outside and play and ride bikes or do whatever. Mm -hmm. That's just so I don't know. I never really analyzed what what weekends looked like because Sunday what? never looked different from Saturday. Oh, that's an interesting point. That's an interesting point to make because that that was always the, the it was different for me because Saturday and Sunday were always different. Right. Um, now I'm curious how you may have said this a minute ago. How early did you actually used to wake up? Um, like in high school to go to those, the zero hour yeah. classes, I would get up, I think it was four forty-five or five o'clock. Wow. I've always been a morning person. Okay. No wonder you wake up so early. <laughs> <laughs> Matt has told me how he, he'll, he'll get up very, very early. Sometimes is, let's see. I think you told me one time you got up as early as three forty-five to do a quiet time. Right. Yeah. So I, there's some explanation needed with that. So I, I saw this thing online, so obviously I trusted it. But uh, it said that men don't actually need as much sleep as we typically seek. Right. And that uh, the average male only needs about five hours of sleep, maybe mm -hmm. five to six. And so I decided to put it to the test a couple of months ago. And depending on what time I would go to bed, I would set my alarm accordingly and sometimes that meant up uh, meant i was getting up at three o'clock 
and mm. it was absolutely phenomenal. It reminded me a lot of um, the first time I ever did a fast because mm. I was new to the Bible, new to Christianity, new to all of this. Yeah. And I just decided to fast. I didn't have anything I was necessarily fasting over or about, but the Bible says to do it. So let's try it. What happens if I only drink drink water for a few days? And Mm -hmm. it was such a neat experience. Every time the stomach rumbles, just being reminded of, of how good God is and how spoiled I am and how readily available food (laughs) is. And then after day two and a half or three, seeing whoa, I had no idea just how much the human body needs food. I am winded and exhausted, and I'm only half up, halfway up this flight of stairs or whatever it was. Right. Um, and then the brain fog and all of that. It was just a really neat little experiment. Uh-huh. And so this waking up early was very, very similar. And, and waking up and, and spending some really quality time with the Lord Starting in in the word, mm. then in some prayer, then um, taking the dog for a walk early in the morning, and and just getting to start the day off like that, it was really really phenomenal. I mm. say was as if I don't do it anymore. I I do it on and off. It kind of depends, but I mm-hmm. definitely notice more often than not the days that I sleep in, meaning get up yeah. at six thirty or seven. Yeah, I'm exhausted all day long. I'm a little bit more irritable because mm-hmm. maybe I spend the quality time with the Lord in the morning, but it's not as long. It's not as good. And it's, it's just not the same. Mm-hmm. I can understand that. There have definitely been some times where it felt like I'm a bit more alive. And yet, even though I may feel tired, I'm not as sluggish when I've had six hour nights. Um, my body right now won't let me do that, unfortunately, just due to sure. some of the underlying health issues. But um, overall, I remember even working in national parks. And uh, when I worked in national parks, I usually had a pretty set bedtime. I'd go to bed around 1030 and I'd be waking up at around five o'clock in the morning to get ready for work. And I usually felt pretty darn good because it was only about, what was that, seven and a half, sometimes Sometimes it'd be a little later than, than 1030, sometimes it's a little late as 1115 or so. And so I'm only getting six and a half to almost seven hours of sleep. And that was it. And it was, I felt fine. I felt alive. I felt able to go about my day. Um, and I, was, I wasn't I was as sluggish as I would be if I, yeah, if I was to sleep in 10 hours. But um you know, it's interesting because when 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 I when I think now, just even talking about this, when I think now to the the persons that would, and it was all it wasn't always just men. <laughs> I've seen older women fall asleep in church services, um, or even just the kids they'd fall asleep in a church service. But um, I don't think it was always the fact that you're having to get up in the morning, but that you're having to sit down and basically be a passive listener yes right you're not actually you're not you're not active you're not necessarily participating and as a result being engaged that can go either way really absolutely especially when you have a you know what what do they say you have to say it seven times for somebody to actually get it and so that that's also connected to the seventh minute attention span 
And so imagine trying to do an hour sermon as most ser sermons are these days. And I think it would be uh, no wonder people are falling asleep or going, why am I sitting here again? Oh yeah, I'm listening. I'm listening. That's right. And you say you're prying your eyes open going, okay, I'm listening. I'm listening. You're doing you're that. Driving away and not having any idea what was spoken about or right. maybe knowing the book of the Bible, but not really having much meat with anything. No, but, but you almost feel like the character, Mr. Bean. Have you ever seen the church segment of Mr. Bean? I have not. Enlighten oh, no. me. Oh, no, no, no. Okay. I'll enlighten some of it, but you need to see it. It's hysterical. As you, <laughs> as you know, Mr. Bean doesn't really talk, right? Right. Okay. So he's sitting there and at some points he's kind of dozing off during the sermon. And then he remembers, oh, I've got a, a, a hard candy in my pocket. Um, and so he starts trying to open the candy and putting it in his mouth or doing whatever. And, and I'm kind of going in and out of order here on this. Um, there was also the point he was needing to sneeze. He sneezed and he's holding his nose. He's like, I don't, where's my tissue? I don't have a tissue. So he inverts a pocket to the lining, pulls it up and wipes his nose. And then he starts doing this and he oh, puts it back in his pocket. But then the, but one of the part that I was remembering was that when he's falling asleep and he's like, he's trying to stay awake, he actually takes his eyes and he does this. <laughs> and he's, he even looks at the guy next to him and the guy next to him goes, what the? And then, and then during the part, so um, uh, the 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 end of the sermon, he stand. There's a song you stand up for, and um, and he's. I guess he's still trying to put that hard candy in his mouth, and the guy keeps looking over. He's like, and he's hiding the candy or whatever. And then he uh, so he's trying to sing through the song, and what Mr. Bean does is, Hallelujah, Hallelujah. And then it goes back into another verse, and he's going, uh, and he's trying to, he doesn't know the song. And so he's just yep. kind of mumbling his way through. But the part he knows, he sings enthusiastically. Of right? course. Absolutely. So, so with, with that, perhaps we should tell the listening audience what the new uh segment that we're jumping into is because we've been talking around it an awful lot plus just general kibitzing but perhaps right. we should actually die we'll, we'll make this the intro uh episode to our new yeah. series so yeah. we are going to be discussing and uh, knocking around the idea of where modern western church is at today where um, how to say it nicely? What and where it deviates from scripture, and mm -hmm. um, what it would look like if we did church or congregation or family or whatever you want to call it the biblical way, just mm -hmm. based on what scripture says. So that's right. that's the the series that we're about to embark on. Not entirely sure how long it's going to be, but that's where we're going, and we're taking a long circuitous route to get there. We sort of are. <laughs> <laughs> I, 
I like this route though. It's fun, right? I'm, I'm yes. sure the people listening are going to be able to connect with either one of us. Okay. Yeah. I remember having to get up at O dark 30 to go to church or go to school. And I remember being able to wake up on Sundays and being able to do whatever I want. Yep. And then I lost that privilege. <laughs> but when, I, when I became a Christian, I actually remember a guy actually saying that one time to me. He's like, okay, well, I can, I can understand, understand where you're coming from, but now you've just reprioritized reprioritized what's important on a Sunday, right? He goes, okay, I'll, I'll go with that <laughs> instead of his more negative half, half glass, half empty sort of thing. But, um, sure. you know, I've, I wanted to ask you this because uh, when I was on staff at a church, we, um, we went through a name change and I always thought it was kind of fascinating. So I'm curious if you were to name a church, what would you name it? Oh dear. <laughs> I don't I don't get to make decisions like that. No. Were you ever a part of a conversation where you were making nope. doing that? No? No. I oh, don't okay. name classes I teach. I don't name animals we have. I, I was lucky to have input into our son's name. Uh I don't <laughs> Yes. I would I don't, hope so. I, I don't name <laughs> classes that that i do because i it it just doesn't work it really just and then oh i know what you mean okay so a little bit of back backstory so when i was spiritual care pastor at, at a local church a larger church um my wife was the communications coordinator mm. and so for the program or for the website she always wanted a little blurb on okay um August is coming. Your classes are starting up. What do you want the program to say? Or give me two or three sentences to put on the website. I was the absolute worst at that because I can pontificate ad nauseum about what it is or, or I can give you five words, but three yes. sentences, that is a middle ground that does not exist in my brain. So no, yes. I'm, I'm not allowed to name things like that. <laughs> That is a big responsibility entrusted to those who have have gifting in that area. <laughs> well, you and me are in the same boat. Um, when it when it comes, I, I think you would agree to this, right? When it comes to even naming your son, it's a name that be, that's that that carries some significant meaning, right? Absolutely. And um, ironically, for us, uh, with our naming our son, it was kind of a backwards sort of approach. We were on our honeymoon. We were not, we had just gotten back, I think, from a walk, and she lay down on the bed. I went to the restroom, and as I stepped through the bathroom door, we hadn't even been talking about kids, and she just said out loud, Joel. And we both just stopped and, and said, you're like, no, honey, Josiah, Josiah. <laughs> I'd had that this conversation before, right? <laughs> I had, I'd actually thought of that before, but. Uh, about naming my son after myself, but, um, and we hadn't really gotten to that conversation yet, but the moment she said that it was, that's the name of our firstborn son. That's it. I, it was just this moment. And it wasn't until much later when she was told that her chances of getting pregnant were extremely slim to none that she was at work one day and she was incredibly discouraged. And she felt like the Lord said, go look up the name. And the name means the Lord is willing. And so my my wife's response was, hey, if the Lord's willing, I'm willing. And 
we were the exact same way because we were given one year to get pregnant, a one year window. Because he said, because then some some health problems that my wife has would come back and it would prevent her from ever getting pregnant. And it was just this pressure of going, do we really want to do this now? It it was within the first year of our marriage. And we're going, we, we wanted to spend some time with each other, right? We wanted to be able to enjoy each other. But um, it wasn't until after the year passed that she actually came across that, 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 sh- that she felt impressed to go look up that name. And we started and we got pregnant the first month we, got, we started trying to have kids. And I believe that was a total God thing, which is why when I, so to, to turn this back to church names, when I looked at, when I was part of that conversation, um, there wasn't a name specifically that I thought really, I want to use the word justified, but really maybe qualified the group. Um, I'm not even sure that's a really good word. See, this is where I find words to be lacking, right? Um, how do you come up with one word that would describe what what you're doing now of course pause there why do we need to come up with one word to describe what you're doing where does that come from that's a good question why can't we be the the church located at this place right that's a very good question what what has motivated that and i think for us in the united states western world i think that might be our culture what do you think Absolutely. You have to have a brand. You have to have a look. You have to have certain mm-hmm. colors. You have to be professional. It, it, you're starting a business in the West. Yeah. Church is business, yeah. which is completely unbiblical. I would agree. And it's not only it's, it's not only mimicking a business. In some ways, it's actually structured as a business. Absolutely. I, I, I had too many conversations with the pastor with a quote senior pastor who was saying, I'm the CEO of this church. I'm going, uh, no, you're not. <laughs> right. And, and I, I even had a conversation with one of them saying that the, 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 the type of idea that you're wanting to do with church here kind of smacks against what, what even scripture talks about, but not only that, but how people operate yes. because you're, you're trying to impose a certain structure and system onto a person and, and try to create a new, how it's supposed to work when there's already quite a fixed approach as to how you do a business you expect customers to come in you expect them to spend your spend their money and you want them to come back right you get that what's that called where you get them loyal to the brand or something like that i think there's a word for it brand loyal loyal okay but and and while and then then it becomes something that you you're 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 kind of um, forcing not necessarily yeah I guess in some ways you're actually forcing it to work rather than allowing it to work which would you agree that that becomes kind of antithetical to the um, allegory of at least the the body being um, as a as a human body and functioning as a body there is so much wrong with with the whole thing it's completely opposite of a body mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. it 
my brain wants to do three things at once and my mouth can only do one at a time. Uh, right. <laughs> so uh, doing it as a business is, um, I understand how it can very easily become that or when you set out to create a church or a congregation or a yeah. church plant or whatever, if yeah. that's the model you're familiar with, if that's what you grew up in, or if you're mm -hmm. unfamiliar and you're just living in Western culture, it could look like that. I want people to come to my building. I want um, them to enjoy the experience and I right. want them to go tell their friends about it and come back. They yeah. might not be spending money as a, mm -hmm. a non-profity type situation, but, right. but it's other than that, it's the exact same. Mm -hmm. And so, uh, and it it's, it's unbiblical. I, I'm sorry, but there's no yeah. other way to say that. I'm not trying to be harsh or anything, but um, uh, I had a conversation with somebody about this years ago before I was really uh, passionate or convicted about the way we do church in America mm -hmm. and how wrong it is. Mm -hmm. I was just barely toeing the water and I was kind of just sharing some thoughts on it. And a friend of mine said, you know, it's, it's not unbiblical meaning you can the bible doesn't prohibit what we're doing i said that's true there's yeah. nothing in there yeah. that says you can't own a building there's nothing right. in there that says you can't do this that or the other but but it's unbiblical in that it does not follow the biblical model and this the specific instructions that we are given right such as the focus what's exactly. the focus right um and and that can even go in, in several different ways because when when you look at a business, it's detached. It's trying to make you fall in love with an object. And people don't operate like that. People operate relationally, right? And they operate more with other people, which is why when it comes to me and my interaction or quote relationship with businesses is that my relationship isn't with the business. It's with the workers. Right. The cashier or the manager or whoever it might be. I remember going to a grocery store and every time I go there, um, if a pre a really sweet lady was working and on a register, I would always get in her line, regardless of however long it was. Right. Yep. And so. Um, how much and I've seen I've, I've experienced this and I've seen other people experience this. Of when you walk through the door and no one says hello, or if they may say hello and then it ends there, and then you just go find a seat and sit down. Mm -hmm. you, you really feel as if you're being overlooked, that you're just either, and there's any number of ways you could describe it. You feel like another number, you feel like another seat seat filler, um, in any way you can look around at it, but um, you, you just you you feel alone even in the midst of a crowd because you're not able to connect with people sometimes yeah it does it does work both ways you can always say hello to and hopefully somebody will correspond and say hey how you doing and hopefully a conversation ensues after that but at the same time one of the things that even from a young age i always struggled with and I actually struggled with this it, I, I found it very very difficult to um walk in and just simply sit down for an hour and just listen to someone else talk because 
they make a point and I've always got the, got the, the, the reaction of, Oh, I want to talk about this with the person sitting next to me, or I I'd even say something in response. Right. Or I'd want to say something in response sure. for me. The only time I truly ever felt engaged or connected or active was when I was performing on, I don't like that word when I was playing the drums, because I played, started playing drums for Christian services. Uh, let's see. I was 11, 12 years old. I was okay. too young. I was too young. It's not something I would recommend. I was the only Christian within about a four, what was that, 30, 30 or 40 mile radius that could play drums and was willing to play drums. The only one. And I was 11, 12 years old. That was it. Wow. And so that's how I felt connected. That's where I felt I'm able to give something back. Yeah. And I never really saw it as a bad thing um and, until i was pointed out to me that you're not performing this isn't about you this is no this isn't for you to gain any sort of accolade this right. is about you facilitating others in being able to worship god yes and thankfully that 12 year old that happened early. that's really really hard because yeah you're the only one around for miles and miles that can and is willing and so mm -hmm. you are needed, which makes you feel mm -hmm. important, which makes people, especially as a 12 year old, I'm sure you got some comments of um, so glad you're here. So glad you're involved. This is great to see the youth getting involved, blah, blah, blah. And that makes you feel important. That sets you apart. And then you start getting right. some ident identity drawn from that. Oh, exactly. Oh, absolutely. It, it is about me and pl absolutely. me playing my drums. Yeah. How interesting is it when people grow so comfortable with the business setting that they'd rather have it rather than their relationships? That doesn't seem bizarre at all. I know, right? That's why it's so odd to me. It but doesn't seem odd? bizarre. Well, the reason why I would say that it seems odd is because you've got this body of believers who are getting together and are operating as if it is a business. Mm -hmm. And saying that it's easier for us to operate as if this was a business than if it was something else, something that would call us to be more participant, more engaged, more active in each other's lives. Right. They were more comfortable as a passive spectator. Yes. But why is that odd? That that I don't think that that should surprise us because relationship and, and growing together being a body requires a whole lot of vulnerability, requires mm -hmm. the opportunity to uh, fail and then ask forgiveness, the opportunity to forgive. Of course, we're more comfortable in a business setting where we have objectives and goals and, and placid demeanor and, and spectator sport. I, I, I guess, I guess my, I'm, I'm confused on why that's surprising. To me, the reason why it's odd and it's bizarre for two things. One, because biblically speaking, we're there to do that. We're there to yes. engage and be family and to interrelate and forgive and encourage and spur and, and, and even judge. We're going to go mm -hmm. Romans 3. And but the uh, second part is the reason it's so bizarre for me is because that's how I operate. 
I'm far more relational. I would say I'm more relationally focused than I'm task focused. Sure. And when it came to doing quote business as usual on a Sunday morning, I found it less fulfilling. Um, I found it less encouraging, made me feel sad, disconnected, lonely. And I'm going to say it at points. It made me feel unwanted. Mm-hmm. Why? I, I, I'm, I feel like I'm unwanted in a group of people that I shouldn't I be having a sense of belonging with. And when it came to modes of trying to help people feel connected, belonging and so forth, there were always the mantras. There was the slogans. There was the mission statements. And, and then, of course, there was always the naming. Let's go back to the branding. I, I remember sitting there in this staff meeting. Uh, the church had, had, been, uh, had a specific name. It was a three-word name, uh, and Baptist and church was in the in the name, and um, we're we're sitting there and we're asked what? That's two out of three. We're Baptist yeah. church. Yeah, right. So could have been first, sitting, could have been fifth, could have been seventh. F- Baptist church. <laughs> yeah, it could be one of those, which I always thought was kind of interesting. But um, uh, we're sitting there, and so the na- question comes up: How do you name a church? How do you do this? And everybody's coming up with these responses, and they, to be honest, they sound kind of trite. I may be so bold as to put it that way. But my response was kind of, and, and on my mind, it seemed kind of simple. My answer was well, when it came to names in the Bible, why was a person named? Or why was a name changed? Mm-hmm. And one of the one of the senior pastors looked at me and goes, "Whoa, I never thought of it like that." I was like, "Oh, okay, cool." So what something I had to say was was Beneficial. considered good. Yeah. And <clears throat> I, I've kind of used the same method in my novel writing and my storytelling that I do because I still struggle with names and. I still struggle with it to this day. But one of the things that we came to the conclusion of, at least for the purpose of changing the name of that church, was um, to say that we have changed. And we can either, and my point, my point, I actually made this point a little later on, is that are we building on something that's already there or has are we building something completely new that's not there? Right. And so... Um, that led into a lot of conversations and we had a lot of people offer suggestions, um, kind of that ballot sort of idea, but here's a name I thought of. And we went with a young lady in the church and it was really a brilliant name. It was risen life Mm. going. Yeah. Okay. That, that, that speaks to who we are and what God's done in our lives and what we would see someone else experience in life, that they do have a risen life that they're able to experience what that means. And so, but one of the things I came to a point of saying is, does it have to be church? Does it, does the church, does the word church have to be in there? Because I never understood that word. I never understood it. Um, 
maybe and, and maybe it, we save the the conversation of defining the word church for next episode. We can definitely um, do that. But I will say churches that I've seen that don't have church in the name, uh-huh. it's almost like they're trying to pass as as a, a club or something uh, like the radiant <laughs> or or uh-huh. uh, the underground. Yeah. Yeah. The underground what? Right. Are we talking right. about a subway system? Are we talking about a right. bar? What, what what is this? And that so can I think the term church is helpful, but yeah. But but you know, you actually made a point there too that I, I would even like to venture into in uh is that uh you you and I both have talked about underground churches in third world mm-hmm. countries, especially in closed countries. Yes. And they're not they're not going through the process of what do we name this, right? Goes back to when when I asked why. Yeah, exactly. And so, I think the person the question not only becomes why, but is it important? Right. I don't, I don't really think it is because even in some people's perspective. Um, having a church is simply having two people together in the name of Christ. And so if that's the case, you and me are having church right now. Yep. And while we may have a name for our podcast, I wouldn't say, and we even have a brand um, on there. <laughs> I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't say that it fully covers everything that we're saying or doing. It's just describing who we are especially in relation to each other, because we are definitely bearded Bible brothers. That's for sure. <laughs> and I like how be- your mats, your, your, I noticed earlier, your beard is starting to fill out even more. You're letting that it thing is. go, aren't you? It's looking good. It is. I'm waiting until I can braid it. No, I'm just kidding. But <laughs> <laughs> Well, before this completely devolves into nothingness, I think we close out our time. If you have any thoughts, comments, or questions on the uh, quite random ramblings that we've shared today, go ahead and shoot us an email, beardedbiblebrothers at gmail.com. And we will see you next time And uh, as we continue to dialogue about the church, what it is, what it can be, what it ought to be, what the Bible says about it. Thanks so much for tuning in. Take care. Have a good one. Mm-hmm.